the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, Luke Till uh, with my brother Matthew Till here following Crystal Palace's 2-1-3-1? What was it? Unfortunately, it was 3-1. 3-1, sorry, mate. That's too many John Smiths. 3-1 uh, defeat away at Everton. Um, Matthew, the way I watched that game, and perhaps I'm biased, but I felt that it, the, the result really wasn't representative of the Crystal Palace performance. I think we deserve more out of that, don't you think? Probably fair to say 2-1 isn't reflective, yeah. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, 2-1 would have been more reflective. Um, three one doesn't feel reflective. It, it, it feels a bit like the second half performance deserved a lot more uh, in terms of the result for the game. Um, I, I feel second half we were very um, limited in anything other than defensive qualities. Uh, obviously, their goal was disappointed to give away when we did so early in the game, and I think we reflected on the, the performance lacking a bit of bite and James McCarthy getting booked so early. I felt. Uh, cause some sort of impact and reflect, and and I, and I guess um, to to come out and, and have such a, a more positive performance in the second half and to go away with a three under feet just just feels really disappointing for me. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think pre-match I would have snapped Charm off for a draw, given that I think Everton in the last ten are, are top of the table, Bob Barr in Liverpool uh, form table wise. Um, and Ancelotti, I think, since he's taken... I mean, the 10 games obviously includes Duncan Ferguson's reign, but the, 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 since Ancelotti's come in, he's scored in every game. So my point to you was that we really need to be on the front foot today. Um, Benteke, Ayo and Zaha started up front. Um, Maya came on and did OK. I was hoping that, if I'm honest, that Andrus Townsend would come on and make more of a, an impact attacking-wise, but that substitution wasn't made. I think it was Joel Ward for Czech Kute in the end, which meant James McCarthy, McCarthy, sorry, going um, right back. Um, but yeah, as you say, I mean, the, the first goal for Everton was against the run of play. You could argue that Palace's equaliser was fortunate given Jordan Pickford's error, but I mean, Christian Benteke did really well today, I felt. I mean, he put himself about, um, really got in the face of Everton defenders and, and made it difficult for them. I think a really good performance from him. But then Richarlison goes, runs through, doesn't he? And, and completely turns Gary Cahill, who's uh, looking quite slow in that place. Um, and the third goal just compounds it, really. It's, it, it's a really disappointing end to, to, to the game. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to say that um, we really deserved or didn't deserve to be behind. It was pretty... Probably Everton probably shaded the opening moments and, and to score sort of, what was it, 18, 20 minutes in, uh, it was disappointing uh, the, the way in which the goal came and that the, the defence seemed to get dragged over to, to that uh, left-hand side. Um, and I think Tomkins was probably the one who got sort of uh, caught, caught by the, the run. Was it Sigurdsson? It was, one, it was one of the Everton players in the middle anyway. Uh, and that left um, Bernard sort of uh, well Joe Ward with two two of them um, at the back post to well towards the back post to pick up and it was it was disappointing in that respect to kind of give a, a soft goal away but um, the, the half kind of petered out and I felt that you know I felt that if we could get to 
to half time just keeping it to, to one or one nil sorry we, we would have a chance and I think we did I think we came out second half and I think we gave it uh, more of a go I think Wolf had a chance early on McCarthy had a chance early on there were a couple of um, interchanges between between our sort of attacking players that, that, that looked, looked promising and, and Benteke's goal although you know Pickford's going to be very disappointed to, to you know be um, defeated at his near post in, in that it way it did go underneath him yeah um, but you know, and then, and then and then we really seemed to kick on. We really did seem to kick on, and I and I, I was hopeful that that would mean we'd we'd get the second. But it didn't take long for them to get their second. You know, what was it five, six, seven minutes afterwards? Um, you know, a, a really good goal as you as you sort of alluded to. Gary Cole, Gary Hill was done for pace. <coughs> Excuse me. Also, I just felt he was backing off way too much. You know, he, he, his intent always seemed to be to show in the wrong, to wrong way, and it, you know, it was just backing and backing and backing, yeah. and um, it was kind of coming. And then I think we we just we just lacked any impetus to kind of, you know, attacking prowess. I thought the change that Roy made was a positive one in terms of bringing Meyer on for McCarthy. Or I think, given been on a booking for such such an early place in the game. He was out of the game from that point, really. You know, his his game is the bite. His game is getting stuck in, and the minute you take that away from his game, he's um he's limited. So that was disappointing. But what is this now? Seven without a win? It's just it's just disappointing that this run continues. And I can't think of another word of another word that's disappointing. No, I'm completely with you, and I think everything you said is is bang on there. I think the third goal was probably harsh. I mean, how's your luck in it? I think the ball came off the bar and fell very finely, uh, very kindly for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to finish it. But then again, that, I guess that sort of highlights the, the difference between the two squads is that you've got people like Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Everton who were able to sort of got that attacking prowess and be in those positions to pick up those loose balls and Chris Palace don't. I mean, Jordan Ayew is playing out wide. Christian Benteke is your only striker and he's... Not in form, but not out of form. But you know, he's not that sort of player as well. He's not going to be there in those sort of areas. You haven't, you haven't got that. Maybe Sink Tosson, maybe when he comes back in, obviously he was injured, but um, wouldn't have been eligible to play anyway today. So, yeah, I mean, where, where does that leave us? I mean, there's only four games this weekend anyway, isn't there? There's not, not many games going on given the start of the unofficial winter break. Um, but where does that leave us? Well, I'm, it leaves me clutching at straws as to what Roy can do differently. You know, so now the squad he's got is a squad he's got to work with. Uh, we've had a really bad run without without a win. You know, we are two wins away from the team in 18th place. You know, we're, we're not far away from uh, a scrappy second half of the season. It's disappointing that, the, that this transfer window has left us with one real change to the squad in the positive sense. You know, we've lost a few. OK, you know, Daly wasn't going to get into the team. Wickham was... A bench player, but he was still was an option. Okay, you might have swapped that out for Tosin, and today we didn't have, didn't have him because he couldn't play. But it does look very, very concerning for the for the second half. I, I'm confident. I don't believe we will get drawn into it, but it, it 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 creates concerns and worries, and particularly when other teams have invested in that lower half of the of the division in players uh, in the transfer window. So you you just hope we've got enough to get through it, but. You know, I look at that team today, I look at that bench today, and we were saying, oh, well, you know, bring Coyote in, bring Meyer on, bring Townsend on. Do they really change the composition of the team? Do they really change the options that we have to change a game up? In all honesty, probably not really. They're just more a fresh pair of legs. It's just kind of more of the same capability. Um, yes, that gives him options to change it up, to maybe not play, uh, I don't know, Ayo in the wing and play Town- uh, Townsend instead, but... 
it's just it's just like for like capability and that's what's a little bit concerning and we've had injuries we may well have more injuries so you just hope we don't get into a, a relegation battle because the first half of the season really doesn't deserve that no I think the only way that we are going to be end up in the relegation battle is if, if we do have some quite major injuries which hopefully fingers crossed touch we won't have but I mean it was interesting there was a a, a, a point that Roy made in his press conference uh, the other day um, where he said that there's two league tables now there's a league table of how you're performing on the pitch and, and, and your points total you get and there's also a league table which the journalists look at is how much you're spending in the January window and automatically it's also it's automatically assumed that if I don't know West Ham who are currently sitting in 18th position in relegation zone six points below us are they at the moment um, if they're spending more than Crystal Palace in January, all of a sudden they're in a league table, which is, means that they're, they're above Crystal Palace because they're spending more. It doesn't necessarily translate into, into, result, into results. I understand where you're coming from, but I, I think that if Roy... I mean, we are in that position. Look, I mean, we wanted to bring players in. We didn't. So we've really got to rally behind Roy and, and, and the team now. And yes, whilst it's disappointing that we haven't reinforced, we've got what we've got. Palace fans always, I said this last week, at their best when they've got the backs to the walls and, and I think bring that sort of siege mentality in there and, and we can sort of really carry this team across the line now. 30, 30 points, I think 36 will be enough this season. I, I understand where that point is coming from that Roy's making, but that that isn't the point that I think is being made. I think, think the point is that we needed reinforcements. It's not about monetary spend, it's about bringing in bodies and we and we lost we lost bodies yeah it costs money but there are options you know there are loan options there are ways in which you bring in bodies you know we decided not to make a move for the for the West Brom right back because of the potential knee injury he, he has or had you know that that's an element of risk that Palace decided to or not to take we will see if that becomes uh, the right risk decision uh, my my point is when you take risks you have mitigating actions and I don't believe that Palace have, pa have put in place mitigating actions to compensate for the lack of activity and that's not just a lack of activity in January it's lack of activity in the summer to go into this year without uh, another right back I'd sell in a £50 million right back to go into this season without bringing another striker given our attacking um, uh, options had scored a handful of goals between them you know, okay, Jordan Ayew signed, but again, historically, he hadn't scored goals. Historically, his performances have been limited. He hadn't got, uh, he hadn't got notched the, notched the goals that he needed to. This year, he has been, uh, and goodness, where would we be if he hadn't done that this year? So, I, I understand the point, but I also think it's the fact that Roy needs support. The team, that squad and team, need extra bodies. They needed extra ammunition. To, to get us over the line, to get us through that last course of the season, and, and, and like you just said, okay, we've got probably enough to get by. It's probably just enough to get by. But if we get injuries and we get injuries in key positions, you know, imagine if we lost Wilf. You know, imagine if the keeper got injured. Imagine if you know one of the two, one or two of the central mid mid midfielders got injured. We haven't got that much depth that gives us an option, and and we don't seem to use the youth. In a, in a way in which replaces those players you know we, we give Perrick a, a go but that, that's all he's getting and, and maybe he's not ready maybe that they're, they're, they're not they're not good enough to get into the team but that just compounds the situation and I think it does cause concern people talk about the age of the squad and the aim of the start they just started 11 and it's you know I can't remember the stat the oldest XYZ it is an ageing team 
and that that's our team and and you know something does need to go into the summer with a strategy that that puts us in a place that whoever's in charge next year if it's Roy or not Roy has a bit more to work with because goodness me we're working miracles well Roy's working miracles what he's got yeah and that's a pertinent point I think you make around sort of the players that we've got and what we're doing I don't think that there's this clamour for sort of the Roy Art Brigade on social media and things like that whereas my, my response to that would be who else in the current regime would be doing better than Roy Hodgson I mean given the players that he's got available to him I don't think there's a better manager that could be getting a better performances out to this team I mean because a new manager doesn't necessarily mean all of a sudden you're going to get new, new players coming in you're, you're still going to get the same backing from the board you're still going to get the same money spent um, therefore if you've got someone like Roy Hodgson who, who, who is um, seasoned and, and, and knows how to, how, how, to, how to win and how to perform and I think our performance today merited at least a point if I'm honest uh, I, I know I sound like a bit of a broken record I'm, I feel like I'm saying it every week but it really does feel that way it, apart from the Southampton game recently I don't think we've been outplayed at all by any of any, any of our team um, and I think that that's something which needs, needs to be remembered by people who are calling for Roy's head is that the bloke's got his hands behind, tied behind his back and one, one hand over his eye and he's doing a fantastic job with the players that he's got we can only hope now that we've got what, a two-week break now before the next game in this in, in Newcastle. St. Tusson comes back in. That gives everyone a bit of a boost, maybe. But, but you look at it, two of those goals were not goals that you would be content with giving away. The Richardson goal was limited defending from Gary Cahill. We can sit and criticise that, but they were on the break. It was, you know, one of those ones that I, I just thought, good goal. You know, Gary Cahill, he should have done better, but good goal. The other two goals, you could argue, could have been easily prevented. So the, I think the third one, third one perhaps potentially was a bit had a bit of luck about it, but, but so who's picking him off the back post? Yeah, that, and, and and that's the thing, that's the difference here between, as you say, we could have taken a point away from today, but we didn't. We conceded two more goals, which meant we didn't get a point. We lost three one, and that that's that's the worrying piece. And you just hope that, that because he hasn't got the options to change it around, exactly because he hasn't got the options to change it around, the, the the worry is that you know these are the types of performances that impact, and seven without a win. That that's that's a run. That that's a that's a slide in the in the direction we don't want it to go. If uh, just, to, just to your point about you know Roy Hodgson, you know, and who else would we have? You know, there is there is no one who would deal with this limited level of investment. I'm surprised. Not no, I'm not surprised. I I'm I'm disappointed for Roy that he hasn't had this 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 opportunity to progress the club because I think with a bit of investment and a bit of backing, we could be extremely good team. We could have an extremely good squad. And I have no doubt that the, the scouting network and others could identify the players. And maybe they are. They're not coming off. It's a set of circumstances. But the frustrating thing is you worry that Roy's local lad, his want to manage Palace and to, to be the manager. And he talks about his team, you know. He recognises it's his, his team. Uh, and you just worry that that is being not taken advantage of, but somewhat you know, is is a factor in 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 the limited uh, support that he's getting through bringing new players in. Yeah, and I I think fair play. I mean, obviously stats are stats, and they they don't they don't lie. But also, they are skewed slightly because the seven without a win or whatever it is does include also a two-two draw Man City and a one-one draw Arsenal as well. So with, with Arsenal, so I hope so. I mean, 
if you take those results into consideration, I mean, you're looking probably at the last six or five instead of the last sort of some results. And I think the FYP tweeted that earlier and made made a good point on that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I say let's look forward to the fact that Palace have got their winter break now. They've got the two weeks off, and hopefully, you know, that allows some players like Martin Kelly, who got injured in the uh, warm down of the last game, Sheffield United game, to come back in. Um, Newcastle at home is the next next game, and in between then. We've got a lovely little trip to Denmark, Matthew. So uh, that'll be nice, wouldn't it? We have, and it'll be very nice. And just, just, just on Palace before we talk about our little weekend joint. I mean, yeah, Newcastle at home is a winnable game. Brighton away, uh, it's always a bit of a dodgy one that hit and miss. But um, you know that that's still winnable. Watford at home, okay, they've had a run, but it's still winnable. Bournemouth away is a game we should pick up something from, and then we move into a bit more of a tricky run uh, with a few sort of Liverpool's, Leicester's, Chelsea's in the mix. But there's, there's, there's still games in there, and I'm not, like I said to you, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking we're getting into a relegation battle. But it could easily go that way. Um, Roy will definitely get us out of this. We've, we've got enough, and he can get enough out. But it's close to the wire. It's very close to the wire, and 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 it's just a shame that the first half of the season, as it stands today, is kind of petering out from what could be a very good season. And you know, we listen to. Uh, other podcasts and you know other well, um, well-respected individuals will, will will quote that point that this year could have been a year for Palace to push on. Who knows though, right? We could have, like you, to your point a minute ago, we could have done a West Ham and spent many, many multiples of millions and, and not be in any better position. Um, but it just feels a bit sour. It just feels a bit sour grapes and, and three-one in a, in a in a game that didn't feel like a three-one. It's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. Next weekend, let's talk about that. Onwards and upwards. No, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, mate. I'm honest, yeah, it would be for like a, 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 a wasted opportunity slightly, but let's see how things play out. I still think we won't go down, but, you know, maybe potentially an opportunity missed in terms of pushing forward. But, yeah, next weekend is the return of the Danish Superliga. Um, we're out at the first um, game of the after the winter break which is Espier versus FC Copenhagen FC Copenhagen have played in the Atlantic Cup in the uh, closed season uh, losing I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday to Aarhus in the, in the final but from what I've seen in them I can't say I've been too impressed but there are a couple of play- players that have sort of uh, uh, picked, my, picked my attention as players that I was aware of before anyway but Mohamed Darami who is a Sierra Leone winger 18, 17, 18 years old has only just got his Danish passport so a lot of Danes will be very happy that he can now play for the national team he's uh, I think about 18 years old he looks a real prospect and Victor Nelson is a centre-back who plays for Copenhagen Hagen as well looks uh, looks really good um, so I just hope that ne- come next Friday when we're out in Espia that uh, they're not playing but it will be a tough game for Espia Espia really have to start to, to go for it now I think there's only something like I don't know seven or eight games before the end of the season now um, maybe even less than that actually uh, before we reach the, uh, the sorry the relegation round where it looks like uh, Espia will be in um, and yeah, well obviously we'll be doing a bit of a bumper pod from there, a bit of a pre-match pod where we talk about Palace and where we are during the winter break. Um, we'll talk about a look towards the game, uh, hopefully have a bit of build-up and, and uh, Jan Maslindhart and Anders Bjerin will be in the pod as well um, to give us a, a view from an SBO's perspective. And also, Matthew, we're making it a bit of an annual first time since we went to Denmark. It's a year on, so uh, it's a bit of a celebration. Happy birthday, by the way. A bit of a celebration for your birthday as well. Birthday for you and birthday for the pod. What a combination. What a combination. As, as long as a pod. As long as we don't... <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'd, <laughs> I'd much happily be that age. Um, 
Let's hope it's uh, a bit more of a sober trip than the last time. It won't be. It won't be, no. Okay, fair enough. As long as we're not hiring bikes again, so I can't <laughs> fall off on the right. But no, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing everyone again. Looking forward to uh, the trip to the stadium. It's, 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 a, it's a club that uh, you in particular, but even in the, in the few trips I've had, have uh, very much enjoyed spending time there with the, the people and, and the games we've been to. Um, so very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to a hot dog. Uh, as long as we can, we can we avoid that brown beard you think this time? That, no, okay, right. So, uh, yeah, okay, so we should probably uh put a warning on this part of the end already, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be good. And hope, okay, and, and hopefully, the um, the, the, the performance from Esberg will uh, will get them a result uh, this time around. You're going to correct me, Esbier. Think about think about Hoiberg, you know, the player who plays for Southampton, it's, it's pronounced Hoiberg. Oh, I'll call him Hoiberg. Okay, so that's, that's <laughs> my, my Danish is struggling then. This, this is why the Danish listeners hate you, Matthew. So, um, there we go. I think that's a good place to leave it there. Um, we'll look forward to Denmark next week. Um, commiserations to Crystal Palace. Uh, at least we've got a bit of a break now. Uh, chance to get Senktossen back uh, and Martin Kelly and give us a bit of a stronger bench, hopefully. Um, and onwards and upwards for Newcastle in a couple of weeks' time. But we'll be back with you uh, on... Um, good? On, on next... Well, next Friday is when we're going out there, but the pod probably won't be released till next Saturday. So hopefully we'll have something with you then. But until then, up the palace. Up the palace. The Six Pointer Podcast.